Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,155. Look to where you want to go. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jim Valentine. Hey, Jim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. All right. Jim Valentine is an automotive artist who creates spectacular mosaics. He grew up near Watkins Glen Racetrack and so began his passion for auto racing. His education includes a degree in electronic engineering and he worked for McDonnell Douglas on jet fighter airplanes. And after moving to California, he worked in art, including photography, bronze metal sculptures, and stone carvings. Jim even made a golf putter where the head of the putter was a car. That's pretty cool. After a trip to Mexico, he got the idea to work in the medium of mosaics. And after a trip to Home Depot, he got himself a tile saw and created his first piece of art, and it sold right away. That was 16 years ago, and today his exotic mosaics business features car marks, and automotive images. I was fortunate to meet Jim at Automobilia in Monterey during Car Week this past summer. I got to see his work up close and personal. It's absolutely beautiful, very unique and different for automotive art, and that's why I thought I'd like to share his story with you today on the Cars yeah! podcast. So, Jim, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles and art? Well, I was fortunate to move to California, and I got to meet Ansel Adams, the famous photographer. So I did a lot of photography up in the Carmel area. And then I moved to San Luis Obispo, where there was absolutely no photography. So I started doing uh, metal sculptures and stone carvings. And I did all that before I got into the mosaics. Well, it's very cool. And you have such a unique medium there, I've had hundreds of automotive artists in the shows, sculptures, painters, drawers, photography, all sorts of different things. But your medium is rather unique. In fact, it's very unique, and I find it really, really fascinating. That's why I wanted to share your story with my listeners. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah, so Jim, take the wheel. Sort of funny, a long time ago I was doing a high-performance driving school at Laguna Seca Raceway. Going around one of the corners, I was looking straight ahead out of the windshield, and my instructor grabbed my helmet and turned my head, and he said, look to where you want to go. So that's sort of what I followed in my life. I look to where I want to go. You know, I'm chuckling because I've been through a couple racing schools. In fact, I got my racing license at Laguna Seca. I think we had the same instructor because I remember <laughs> him yelling in my ear, look where you want to go, not in front of you. Look where you want to go. I want to see right. your head turn. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great metaphor for racing and for life. Um, how have you used that? Because, you know, you came from a very serious career. I mean, electrical engineers, you're the smartest of the smart engineers, I always say. And the <laughs> fact that you, you worked on fighter jets, pretty serious stuff. Um, and to go into the art medium and then mosaics, I mean, this is a very interesting transition to me. 
as far as looking to where you want to go. So tell me how that kind of mantra fit into where you've ended up in life. I'm very good at visualizing my future. I was working for Intel and they sold the division I worked for and that's when I lost my job 16 years ago. And so when I went to Mexico and I was thinking, you know, I have this artistic ability, that's one of my innate traits that I'm not going to work for anybody else anymore. I'm going to try to capitalize on my artistic ability. And I kept thinking about, you know, I'd, I'd done everything, paintings and sculptures and I said, I got to do something that no one else does. That's when I dawned on the mosaics, because I never, I never ever saw any automotive mosaics anywhere. I haven't know? either. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> either. You know, your story is really important because yesterday I had another, a fellow artist, uh, Jeff Bolam from England on the show, and he was, he was at the same show you were at, Automobilia there in Monterey, and he paints automotive pictures of cars but he does it on aluminum, and he said something very similar, and he did the same thing as you. He had had a long career in advertising and then wanted to do something for himself, something different, and evolved into art because of his talents, just like you. But I would I would ask you to give those listeners out there that might be finding themselves on a little bit of a lost space. Maybe they're trying to do something something new with their life. How were you able to look forward and see where you're going to end up. Because it sounds simple, but it's really not. When, when I decided to do the mosaics, I sort of visualized what the mosaics would look like and what subjects I would use. And that kept going through my mind. And finally, I said, you know, I can do this and it might work. And it did work. So <laughs> yeah, it worked, I in, got there. it worked in a great way. The other thing I, I gleaned from your experience here is always looking for opportunity. I mean, the fact that you're in Mexico, I'm guessing you weren't down there to look for mosaics. You were probably on vacation trying to discover a new path in life. And the fact that you've kept your eyes open, I encourage people always keep their eyes open for opportunities because they might be right in front of you at a table you're sitting at having a cerveza in Mexico, and that table is made of mosaics. And there you go. There's your future. Well, let's talk a little bit about this passion you have for cars, because I know you're a technical guy, having been an engineer, uh, but I know you're also a car fanatic. So uh, tell us a story that instigated that passion for cars and that moment you knew in your life that you were indeed a car guy. I can remember when I was really young, maybe maybe around kindergarten age, uh, my mother bought me an artist's easel, and we set it up in the dining room, and I can remember drawing pictures of locomotives and cars. I can remember doing a lot of car drawings, just not looking at a car or anything, but just using my imagination to draw a car. Wow. And then uh, when I went to my first race at uh, Watkins Glen, and I heard all that noise and the smell of Petro and and all the fans yelling and cheering and everything, I, th- I thought that was pretty good sport, actually. It was pretty exciting. And I've been to seven Formula One races now. I just got back from Italy, and I went to the Italian Grand Prix in oh. Monza. Oh, and Those Italian fans are, oh, they're yeah. just unbelievable. Just yeah. unbelievable. Wow. And uh, I've also toured just about all the automotive factories in uh, Europe, including, you know, Mercedes and Morgan and BMW, Porsche, Ferrari, Maserati. 
Wow. Pagani. Pagani's new factory is unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Everything in there is carbon fiber. Even the sinks in the bathroom are carbon fiber. <laughs> I, you know, I've been to all those same museums or factories, you should say, I should say, that you've been to, but I've not been to Pagani. That one I've got to add to my list because uh, that's pretty cool. Carbon fiber bathroom sinks. I wonder if I could get those for my house. <laughs> that's neat. Very cool. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, Jim, and talk about a big challenge or a big failure, because these are wonderful learning lessons that we can share with others um, that might be going through the same thing. Uh, is there an experience in your life that helps you gain more momentum as you move forward in your career and your business and your life? Well, it was a, a big factor for me to go to college. No one in my family had ever gone to college, and I was never encouraged at home to go to college or anything. But fortunately, I had some really good teachers in high school that uh, encouraged me and said, I could do it. You can do it. You can do it. So I finally did it. And uh, so I went to the University of Kentucky and got a degree in engineering. Another big factor for me was after college, I lived in St. Louis, Missouri, and I didn't really like Missouri at all. The company I worked for, McDonnell Douglas, sent me to San Diego to teach a radar school to the Navy. So I was in San Diego for three months and said, I got to move to California. So that was a big decision for me to move to California. Yeah, no doubt. I grew up in San Diego and remember McDonnell Douglas there and, of course, the Navy. And right. yeah, be- beautiful city. Uh, still have family there. My daughter lives down there. My sister-in-law, my mother just moved to Laguna Niguel, but she lived there the whole life that, that I did down there. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, coming from Missouri to San Diego, there's there's a big culture switch. <laughs> Very cool. You know, and I think it's really great, the fact you were the first one in your family to go to college. My wife is an engineer. I always say she's one of the smartest ladies I know, but I remember in school when she was studying mechanical engineering, she said, those electrical engineer guys, those are the real smart engineers. Those are the bright ones. So Obviously, those high school teachers, if you saw something in you and steered you down a wonderful path, and uh, so happy they did. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a kind of a career aha moment. Maybe it was that big transition you made from being an electrical engineer and and working on fighter aircraft and so forth and going to art, but uh, is there a big aha moment in your life that stands out for you? I'm thankful that I moved to San Luis Obispo. I think I did that uh, 42 years ago. And I think that sort of changed my life. It was a small college town back then, and uh, there was a two-year college here, community college called Cuesta, and I was able to enroll in their bronze sculpturing class. So I, I didn't work at a job for two years, so I went out there every day and did bronze sculptures. And I finally ran out of money, so I had to go back to work, but... Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing the bronze sculptures. Well, no doubt. I know that in our pre-show chat, uh, Jim and I were talking about things, and he mentioned uh, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. I had, had a friend way back when I was in my first years of college whose sister was going to school there, and I went up to Poly Royale and got to watch the tractor races, and uh, they had a good engineering program and uh, architecture program, if I recall right. And it's a it's a beautiful campus, and it's a, yeah, it's a well. Forty two years ago, it was a much different place, of course. So, what a transition! What really spurred you to pick San Luis Obispo? Uh, actually, I got a job here working for TRW. They had a small factory here, and they made telecommunications equipment. Okay, uh, 
And I ended up buying a house about two blocks from the factory so I could walk to work, which was really nice. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a life-changing thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I would have given anything to be able to walk to work all the years I was going to an office. Now I commute down the hallway, which is really, really nice. (laughs) Uh, Except I don't get to drive my car very much, but uh, that's okay. I I much prefer it to sitting in traffic, especially during the rainy season here in the Pacific Northwest and my days in Southern California. Even though I had the top down down there, I was still no fun sitting on the freeway for hours trying to get to work. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. I'm guessing there was a car way back in your history that stood out for you and, and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Yeah, actually, it's sort of a an odd car, a Volkswagen Squareback. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. I think, I think I bought it in 1970. I bought it brand new and it was bright orange. And I loved that car because you could fold down the back seat. It was sort of like a small station wagon, but with the back seat folded down, I could put wood and lumber and all kinds of stuff back there. And then I could put other stuff up in the front under the hood. That's the car I moved to California in, in the middle of winter in January. So I went through a lot of snow and cold countries driving it to California, but I got here. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Well, that's, that was kind of the old Volkswagen's version of a station wagon. Right, yeah. Those, those have become kind of cultish cars now, because when you look at the VW guys uh, in the shows, I mean, those notchbacks they had, of course, but the squarebacks, right. and that's a cool car to have in Southern California, because, of course, you can slide your surfboard in the back of that thing. I know. Yeah, and that orange was an awesome color uh, for those cars <laughs> in the 70s. Kind of like the Porsche colors they had in the 70s. So now did that car, did you have that car for a long time or you by any chance still have it? No, I wish I still had it, but I yeah. I, I had it for many years and finally the engine blew up in it. And mm-hmm. uh, so I had it repaired and then I sold it. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, SoCal guys out there that would love to have that car these days. Is that your seller's? Remorse story, or is there another car in your life that you let go you wish you had? No, I, I wish I still had that car. I just, it was so practical, you know, you you couldn't find a more practical car in those days. Yeah, well, I think it'd be a cool car to be cruising around San Luis Obispo. You'd probably get a lot of attention in, <laughs> in that old VW Squareback. They weren't super powerful. I think they had like a 1600cc motor, the Type 1 VW motors in the back, but that was enough to push that little thing around. They didn't weigh a lot, right? Yeah, and it was fuel-injected, too, which was neat. I know. Yeah, that those uh, early 70s cars started doing that. So, very, very cool. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up these days about your business. I know you have a very robust website where people can go and see all the different cool pieces of art that you've done, all these mosaics. But what has you excited and fired up today about your art? Well, I did a, I did an interesting mosaic. I just finished it. A, a guy from Florida called me up and told me he had this tour bus company, and he wanted to know if I could do a mosaic of one of his buses. So I said, send me an image, and I'll tell you if I can do it. So he emailed me a couple images. So I ended up doing a mosaic of this big tour bus, you know, one with the double wheels in the back and everything, and it was a long bus and everything, but never in my life. Would I have ever dreamed that I would do a mosaic of a tour bus? So that was sort of interesting for me to do. Do you do a lot of commissions, or do you t- generally create your own art and then sell it from there? I, I do. Uh, I do mostly people's cars. They email me a picture of their car, and I do it. I've done a lot of 
hot rods and some of the early muscle cars and like Camaros and Fords. And I've done quite a few Corvettes for people. Then I'm always looking for, you know, trying to find a new idea to do something totally new. In this last trip to uh, Italy, I saw the new Alfa Romeo badge, which is not nearly as neat looking as their old badge. It doesn't have that many colors in it, but so that might be my next project to do the new Alfa Romeo badge. That sounds cool. Well, as I mentioned to our listeners here that you can go to Jim's website and you can see all the different options he has, but I think it's cool too that you can do some special projects as well, but very exciting. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Jim. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, what would Jim be and why? Well, a Pagani Huayra, and every inch of that car is a piece of art. It's incredible. Everything in the interior is artwork, a lot of carbon fiber artwork. I mean, that that just blows me away. I mean, it's just so beautiful. I think you're the first one of those on this show. That's a very <laughs> unique, very, very unique car. So, well, which is uh, similar to you and what you're doing. So that kind of makes sense to me. I love it. Well, very, very nice. Well, listen, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Jim, we are back. And we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Change the oil every 5,000 miles or less. (laughs) Yes. 
you know, it seems like a simple thing, but I have a nephew and a brother-in-law who's worked in the engine rebuilding business in the automotive field, and you'd be surprised how many times people bring a car in or have it towed in, they don't understand what's wrong, and it's got absolutely no oil in it, or the oil is the consistency of uh, uh, tar, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. So it's a simple thing to do, and it's easy to do yourself if you want, but uh, yeah, keep your car serviced. Well, how about a personal habit? Is there a personal habit in your life that you believe has contributed to your success? I like to drink a couple glasses of wine every evening. There you go. That's a nice thing to do. It relaxes me, and, and I like wine. I'm in the middle of the wine country here in California, so I'm taking advantage of it. Well, yeah, you guys are. You know, uh, last month I got invited to the Ironstone Concord at the Ironstone Winery, and I, I drove south of Sacramento and then turned left. I think it was Highway 12 and drove for about an hour and a half. It was nothing but grapes for an hour and a half. I couldn't believe it. And one of the folks there said, well, people think Napa is the big wine area, but this part of California is the really big, big wine area. I couldn't believe how many uh, wineries are there and all the grapes that are grown. It's just absolutely fantastic. Some wonderful, wonderful wines coming out of California. So very cool. Well, how about a resource? Is there a resource that you found really helpful maybe in your personal life or could be in your art life that uh, you'd like to share? I used to go to Cal Poly Library. They had a great library at the university and I used to do a lot of research there. And I don't do so much of that anymore because I do it all on the internet now. Well, you know, but here's one thing I always share with people and it's interesting too you bring this up because Yesterday's guest, Jeff, mentioned the importance of books because a lot of things online are maybe not as thoroughly researched. But I always tell people, and my regular listeners know this, use your local library. It is an incredible resource for many, many things. My wife gets uh, books downloaded to her phone from our local library and listens to audiobooks all the time. We get movies from there. Uh, Local libraries, I think, are a really highly underused service that your tax dollars pay for. Um, so go to the library. Look at some books. Crack them open. Uh, really worthwhile. Yeah, university libraries are also awesome. Really great places to go. I'm not sure if they want non-students there, but we won't let them know <laughs> that we're uh, we're enjoying the resources there. I think as long as you're learning something, they're probably happy. That's very nice. Well, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Enzo. Yeah, that would be something, wouldn't it? it what is be. it about? Yeah, what is it about Enzo Ferrari that you find so intriguing? The fact that uh, pretty much came out of nowhere, you know, with little education or anything, and he started out as a, a race car driver. He wasn't a great race car driver. But his whole life was devoted to racing. And uh, when his son Dino died at age 24, that sort of devastated him. He used to go to Dino's uh, gravesite every morning before he went to work. So he had he had a lot of passion for people. And he also didn't let some of the big car manufacturers really influenced them too much when it came to racing, like Alpha and Fiat. Once Fiat finally bought Ferrari, he pretty much managed the racing aspect of Ferrari all by himself, even though Fiat was doing the production cars, the road cars. Yeah, interesting guy, for sure. Dynamic person. And I think they're they're filming a movie right now, if I'm not wrong, about Enzo. Um 
I hope they do that. I think it'd be interesting to see how they per- perceive him and his life. But yeah, def- definitely one of those iconic automotive figures in history. Well, we mentioned books. Is there a book in particular you'd like to share with our listeners that you like to read? Do you think they should read as well? Well, I just read a biography of Enzo. It's about a thousand-page book. It's a fairly new book. It was translated from Italian, I believe. It's a fantastic story. I mean, it, it goes into a lot of details of his life, his marriage, and his couple of his girlfriends he had. And it's a really interesting book. So the book that you're talking about, um, I believe, is Enzo Ferrari, Power, Politics, and the Making of an Automotive Empire. Does that sound like the right book? It is. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great book. A huge book, as you said. Lots of information. Uh, lots of background on him. Uh, I've not read it. I should get a copy of that book, though, now, by Luca Del Monte, uh, I believe, is the author of that book. So uh, we'll make sure we put a listing of that on the show notes page for Jim's show. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Jim Valentine, and you'll find a link to that book. In fact, I've got a great place on the Cars Yad website called Guest Recommended Books, where all my guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. Uh, if you could get every one of those books listed there, that would make one heck of an amazing automotive library. All right, Jim, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but there's a couple rules to this game. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with or a bunch of mosaic tools with or or, mo- or tile pieces to make mosaics. You got to keep it. You got to enjoy it. Another rule is you have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here on cars, yeah. And finally, I'll buy you any car you like. That's what makes this kind of fun. No matter where it is, I'm going to deliver it there in San Luis Obispo for you to enjoy there on the beautiful Coast Highway in California. So what can I buy you today? A 1963 Corvette split window. The iconic Corvette. Okay. The, The Stingray. Now, you want a coupe or a convertible? Uh, the coupe. I want the split window. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, nice car. Um, Very cool car. What is it about that car you like so much? I thought, well, I still think it's probably one of the best-looking American cars. It, it, had, uh, it had some European influences to it, and uh, it seemed to have the good proportions of a sports car. Yeah, yeah. A very nice car. You know, I ran into Peter Brock when I was down at the Rensport reunion, and he was one of the original drawers or designers, I should say, of that car. I know it's been uh, referenced to other people, but he did the very first Stingray sketches of the prototype Stingray, then it evolved into what it evolved into. But uh, his book is really worth getting since we were mentioning books because it talks about the history of that car uh, and how important it was. And of course, my listeners know Peter's been a guest here on the show. Great guy, fun to run into him again with his Aero Vault uh, trailers that he's designed, which are equally spectacular, uh, which is saying something compared to the Corvette Stingray. What color would you like your Stingray to be? Black. Oh, well, that's different. Black. You're a daring guy. I don't know if I could own a black car. I'm so picky about clean cars, but I think that car would look stunning in black. I've not seen too many in black either. Have you? Uh, I've seen a couple, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll get to work. I'll make sure I bring a bucket and some car wash for you because it's hard to keep (laughs) black cars clean. But I think you're going to look pretty good driving around California and San Luis Obispo in a black 63 vet. 
Jim, you've taken me on a great ride today. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance that you might offer us before you head off down the coast highway in your Corvette Stingray? I think in life, you have to keep moving. Keep moving forward. That's important. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your beautiful art? Well, my website is exoticmosaics.com. And I have pictures of just about all the mosaics I've done over the last 16 years on the website. Spectacular. Well, listeners, I'll make sure I put a listing or a link, I should say, on Jim's show notes page. So if you need to find that, just go to carsyad.com, type in Jim Valentine. I would encourage you to check out the artwork he's doing. It is very different. It's very unique, and it's absolutely wonderful. And if you love cars and you love art, uh, Jim's the guy to contact. Uh, he can make you something. He can even do a piece that mimics your special automobile. Jim, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing all of this with my listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Okay, it's been fun. Thanks. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.